Welcome to the Creatively Performing Arts Podcast. This is the show for anyone ready to get back to the performing arts. You want to sing, you want to act, you want to dance, you want to be creative again? Come on over. I'm Estelle. I'm a singer, actor, performer, beginner voice coach, and I am here to help you get started. You will find beginner singing and performing tips and hear empowering, inspiring interviews with artists that will help you push past your fear and your doubts about performing so you can finally start performing with confidence and singing and dancing and living creatively you have gifts that you need to grow use and share and the world is waiting for you i want to be there to help you do that so let's begin all right all right we are back um here at creatively performing oh wow (laughs) all right we're (laughs) back here at creatively performing arts podcast i'm here with talis strub how are you doing today talis I'm wonderful. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I know that we've already talked before, um, but you are a dancer. You're a ballroom dancer and ballroom dance teacher, as well as a podcaster. And I'm really excited to hear your story a little bit and just encourage and inspire listeners who know that they have creative talents, maybe even in dance. Um, and to really empower them to step into that. And Mm -hmm. I know that you are really big on empowering people to step into their God-given calling, to just, to arise. And, you know, everyone will understand why I said that in a second, but to arise and shine in a sense. And I'd love for you to just talk about a little bit about you, how you got into what you do and your podcast as well. All right. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I do have a background in competitive ballroom dance. I, I did that uh, exclusively right out of college for almost 10 years. Um, and then I um, went back to school for my master's in a dance program. And that's when I really got immersed with the background and the pedagogy of, of really teaching all types of dance, modern ballet, in ballroom in an academic setting. And that helped me structure teaching more. But I, in 2018, I purchased a ballroom dance studio of my own so that I've been able to really put down roots and grow it as a business. And then as we all know, in 2020, that business was closed for a while. So um, when the pandemic happened and I was at home, I really, as a mover and a dancer, just needed a space to to move. And so we had an agreement, my husband and I, we we had two littles. We have three now, but we had two at the time. Okay, I'm going to leave the house two mornings a week before everybody's up, and I'm going to go to the studio and dance. It was still closed because the pandemic was still happening, but I could go there. And uh, that was my time to just like talk to God, move my body, dance, worship, praise, And it evolved into this thing that I started inviting other women to. And um, we started doing it more regularly and it became this program. It was totally just like a few women hanging out on Zoom for a couple days a week. And now it is a program that I call Arise. And it involves um, worship, dancing, moving our bodies to beautiful Christian music and prayer. And it's just, it continues to show me how powerful dance is for 
um, all of us, but women especially, and we need an outlet to be able to do that. So um, that's kind of the really short and sweet version of how I started Arise. That's so beautiful. And so the, the studio is called Arise as well. So the studio, so I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so the studio is Des Moines Ballroom. It was actually Des Moines Ballroom before I purchased it. So I kept the name and um, yeah, we're in the heart of Des Moines. It's a really awesome place. And um, the the um, Arise program is, is just kind of a separate thing. I do it from the studio and obviously it's dancing as well, but it's a, it's its own thing. And now I have a podcast all about just Arise. So yes. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love your story. I think what you're doing to help women, especially like feel the joy, the creativity, the freedom um, that comes from moving your body to music. Like, it's just so exciting. I love dance for that. When did you know, like, I know you talked about doing competitive dance and whatnot, but like, when did you know that, no, this is, this is not just something that I do for fun or or not just something that I think is cool, but this is something that I really want to be intentional about growing in. Like this is a gift that I've been given and I mm-hmm. want to be intentional about growing this this gift and using this gift to even serve other people. Like when did you know that you wanted to be intentional about dancing and being creative? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I do think that dance has always been part of, of me. Um, there was no getting away from that. And I say that because growing up, I was the daughter of two bankers and very practical parents. So I never had an intention going to college that I would use dance in my career, that it would be, I think, I mean, I knew you could grow up and become a ballerina, but other than that, I just didn't think that like as a professional, I would dance. And so I fought that a lot and it's, I, I can look back now, hindsight's 2020 and see God just pulling me back to dance. Like it's, it's almost like I tried to have this corporate career or this serious thing, even with the studio that I own. Sometimes I get into that mode of being very business and God just keeps pulling me back to the, the dancer that he made me. And so when I was in the pandemic starting this, this passion project, it truly came from a place of selfishness of like, I need to move my body. I can't sit at home and not interact that way. And when we're on zoom for everything, which we all were right. You're only operating from the neck up. And it was killing me. It was literally killing me. The rest of my body was like, I need to be a part of something. And so when I did that, And then I started to hear other women tell me they felt the same way, or they might've been in a place of, um, later in life, you know, I had a a woman reach out who was about 70 years old. And she said, I have not moved like this since I was a little girl, you know, and tears, you know, streamed down her face. And, and so then it was like a light bulb went on. I was like, Oh, not only am I supposed to do this for me, like this is who I am, but I am supposed to really make this accessible to other women so that they can, like you said, unlock that joy in them that really can only happen through dance, I think. Yeah, that's really powerful. And what you said about, you know, feeling that 
or thinking that you had to have, you know, this certain profession or this certain, like, I think a lot of people are like you grow up doing dance or singing and choir. They do theater growing up and they have fun and it, but then you get older and you're like, okay, time to be practical. And it's not even necessarily about having it as a career, but even just having some sort of outlet or like Mm -hmm. a pastime where you can go to a dance class every now and then, or, you know, try a voice lesson or just like sing in your church choir, like even just doing something like that. It feels like, oh, it's, you know, I don't have the time for that. I don't have, you know, that's a little bit, you know, I, I did that before it's fine. I don't really need to anymore. And so there's like all the, there are all these kind of lies that we tell ourselves or even doubts of like, oh, I'm not, I can't dance anymore. Like that was so long ago. My body is not it anymore. Or people will say like, oh, I used to sing, but like, I can't really sing anymore. So, you know, what's the point? So I feel like all of these lies, because that's really what they are. They're lies that we tell ourselves and they hold us back from really, again, like you said, unlocking the joy that we find when we're in the arts, you know, these lies hold us back from really experiencing the freedom, the joy, the creativity that comes from just exploring the arts, even if it's just for fun. Um, What do you tell people when they, you know, I don't know if you've ever had any experiences with, you know, women who maybe will try a class, but then they're like, oh, no, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I'm not on that level or all these excuses kind of bubble up. And it's not, not, not that they're not valid, but they're not wholly true they're not completely true and um how do you what would you say to someone who has those doubts well um a few things come to mind so first of all as a as a dance instructor in general even teaching ballroom I have you know women and men walk in the door a lot and I hear all the time people say oh good luck you know I've got two left feet (laughs) and you know I'm terrible and so I always joke with them hey that's job security for me you know you're in the right place um but I find that you know no matter who who you are we all just need permission I don't know why you know but to overcome those lies that you were just talking about we need permission to play to try something new. And with a rise, especially there is a level of, um, safety in that because it's over zoom, but everyone's cameras are off, but mine. So if you're coming in to a live class and there's women from all over, you can see like their names on the screen, maybe, but their screens are black. It's just mine. And I'm always saying, Hey, what I'm doing over here is just an option. I hope you're doing your own thing at home or wherever you're doing this from. They're in the privacy of their living room or their office or wherever they are. And that's really powerful too, because it allows it to truly be a a space for them and the Holy Spirit to just have some authentic worship time. But I have done Arise workshops in person where again, it's just women and so we're, we're in person. So I don't know about you, Estelle, but sometimes when you go to a dance class with other women, there's like, even if you're already a dancer, there's this elevated, like, oh, I'm being watched. Like, I want to look good. I do. I stand in the front. Do I hang in the back? Like that kind of personality, oh, like yeah. you're kind of scoping it. For sure. Out. Yes. So I always try to just like, get rid of all of that, just diffuse that energy at the beginning. And when I, when I am leading a group in person, Say, okay, I want everybody to close your eyes and imagine you are six years old 
and you have your best dress on and it is your day. And it, it just like, I can watch these women's like energy just melts. And all of a sudden there's permission to play and there's permission to just explore. And for me, it goes back to that idea where, you know, God, Jesus is saying, come to me like a child. And that's what we all need to do. I have to remind myself of that all the time, you know, cause I could, like I already said, I can get very serious. I can get into that business brain and be like, okay, let's do this. But no, I think really, I just have to keep reminding us myself included that it's okay to play. And we have to return to that childlike spirit. I love that. That's beautiful. Everything you said, everything you say is so beautiful. I would <laughs> love to. Can I take one of your classes? Yeah, can I? <laughs> you can. Because yeah. it sounds so amazing. Just look, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it on your website. I listened to a couple episodes on your podcast, which everyone should go listen to when we arise. Um, Talis's podcast, I'll link everything below. But, you know, just like hearing you talk about it face to face over Zoom, I'm really excited mm-hmm. to to step into something with you. Um, I love what you said about we just need, we all just need permission. We need permission to play. I wrote that down because that is such a good point. I think we feel, we feel like we need that permission and really ultimately we have to give ourselves that permission. But when it comes from someone who believes it, when we don't believe it, Mm -hmm. who has that, who's able to hold that optimism and that hope for us, that's, I mean, that makes you a great teacher. I think that that's what makes mm-hmm. you a great coach. Um, I think about my voice teacher who like, is like, yeah, you can do this. Like, you know, even when I'm like doubting my voice on a given day, or I'm not sure about, you know, an audition or something coming up, she's holding that hope for me and that encouragement. And it empowers me to say, okay, I can, you know, to give myself the permission because she's given me the permission yes. and to just have fun with it too, you know? Yeah. Um, so thank you for saying that. I think people need to hear that, um, especially because a lot of us have that tendency, like you said, to say, oh, well, if I'm going to do this, it has to be perfect. You know, I, again, that, like that mindset, that very analytical mindset of like, how do I make sure this is perfect? You know, I think a lot of people struggle with needing things to be perfect from the, from the get go before they Mm -hmm. even try not realizing that we have to grow artistically um, every one of us who has some sort of artistic gift or any interest in something in the arts, you know, there is so much room to grow, but we have to let ourselves like kind of get over that initial um, hump of like needing to be perfect. What would you say to someone who struggles with that, like getting started because of that fear of not being perfect from the very beginning? Mm-hmm. Well, I struggle with this too. I really do. And, and so I think, I think back to, you know, being in training for ballroom and dance and just having some coaches really open those doors for me mentally. Like you've got to, you've got to be willing to let go to see what's even possible. Um, you know, when we're trying to control something before it happens, we don't even enter in and and we don't know we're doing it at the time, unfortunately, but we don't even enter into the realm of possibilities, right? Because we're still over here on this side of the fence, like trying to game everything before it happens. And I think, you know, back to some of my experiences 
with competitive ballroom, it's a partner relationship, right? So not only did I have to let go for my sake, but I had to let go for my partner's sake so I could trust the the leverage that he was providing if we were doing a lift or if we were doing a balance trick or something. I was just thinking about this the other day when I was coaching somebody else. It's like when I wouldn't allow myself to get out of my own head, I wasn't only stopping my progress, but I was stopping my partner's progress. And isn't that so true about our relationship with God? Like God's trying to do stuff with us and through us. And all we need to do is relax and let go. Instead, we're over here like, oh, how can I just like figure this out or make it better? God doesn't need us to figure it out. Like he's got the perfect plan. And yet I'm still here like, oh, well, if I just strategize a little bit longer, it's going to be even more perfect. So I, I think it's totally easier said than done if you're in that cycle of trying to perfect something that hasn't even happened yet, we have to trust. We, I think prayer is so important for that too, though, you know, and just, it's taken me a long time. I wish I could say that my whole life I've been this way, but I just haven't. It's taken me to way into adulthood to totally humble myself, to go to God and ask, can you help me with this? You know, just pray for direction. And then I just find that after I do that, everything's a little easier. You know, he just like makes the path more clear. And then I don't feel like I have to work so hard to make things perfect and try something without knowing exactly how it's going to go. So whether it's trying a class that you've never tried before or starting a podcast or, you know, starting a business, I think we can just stay in that analysis paralysis a long time. If we can't humble ourselves to ask for help anywhere, but especially from, from God. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love the let go, letting go to see the possibility, letting Mm -hmm. go and trusting that, you know, if God has given you this desire to be creative, to sing, to perform, to dance, you know, there is a reason for that. So, you know, taking, you know, just letting yourself be willing to be a beginner, have like a Mm -hmm. beginner's mind of just like, we'll see what happens and go from there. I think is really important. Everything that you said is beautiful, you know, trusting God, you know, allowing him to do what he's going to do. And that means a stepping back and not always controlling everything and feeling like we need to be perfect right from the get go. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode and to the show. I'm in awe of you for being here and showing up for your creative gifts. That takes courage. Don't forget to join the Performing Arts community on Facebook to find support and inspiration. If this episode helped you or inspired you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It means so much and share it with someone who needs it or on your Instagram stories and tag at Creatively Performing Arts. Don't forget to subscribe to this show wherever you listen. We have amazing interviews and episodes coming up. Thank you again. And don't forget to keep singing, acting, dancing, performing, and living creatively. Talk to you next time.